Welcome in to Checked Out, U92's premier hockey podcast. I'm Anissa Gallo, joined by Alex Silverman and Mason Deal after our little all-star break. Fellas, how are we doing? We're back after a few weeks. I know there's been a lot of stuff that's happening. We've been a little behind on all the news <laughs> that has been going on in the National Hockey League. Yeah, we're not much different than the LA Kings. You know, we're we're falling behind a little bit, but at least we didn't have to fire our head coach and are fighting or not fighting for a wild card spot now. Yeah, we're doing we're doing all right. We're hanging in there. Uh, we got the motivational like cat posters up to say hang in there for support for you know uh, podcast morale. But uh, I think things are going well in the checked out lore uh, outside of the podcast. So. All things are all things are well. Um, ready to get back in action after a solid three weeks off. Yeah, right? when was our last episode? I want to say it was it was before the big snowstorm that got class canceled on that Friday, January thirteenth. So it's almost been a month. Yeah, because we had plans to record Friday. There was a quote unquote huge snowstorm that came here but really we just didn't want to walk out of our apartments yeah so or drive to be fair uh, the roads were a little uh questionable because i had to go out for hockey that weekend and uh it was it, it took a little bit longer than usual so uh but it's all right we're here now there's no snow i'm actually i'm not wearing like an overcoat today it's 60 degrees out in morgantown and uh it kind of sucks. I'm not used to wearing just T-shirts in February, early February at that, but I digress. Uh, I think we should we should probably start talking about hockey and I stop yapping about the weather. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, you know who else stopped, you know, who's not used to something um, that was a really poor transition? <laughs> the Oilers losing their streak. They are not beating the 92-93 Penguins who had won 17 games in a row. The Oilers' streak stops at 16. Who knows? Maybe they can go on another run. But their streak stopped the other night when they were playing the Vegas Golden Knights and Aiden Hill, brick wall. Brick wall. The Knights ended up winning that game 3-1 to one after Connor McDavid scored a shorthanded goal in the beginning of the first period. I think it was in the first five minutes. He was assisted by Drysaddle and DeCharnay, and that was it for the Oilers, but I will say they did not play a bad game of hockey. They no. played really well. Aiden Hill just goalied them. Yeah, I I gotta give Aiden Hill some credit because uh, he, I mean, he's been so wildly like I, I don't know the Vegas the Vegas injury situation is just kind of nuts like year in and year out. Aiden Hill has unfortunately fallen victim to it this year because I swear he was like he was on fire to start the year. And then got hurt, went out for a week, came back, got hurt or like re-aggravated or something. And they threw him on IR. And then there was a good solid games. Like it was like four games in a row in December where he was projected to start like off IR, but then like thrown back on like 15 minutes before puck drop and then just like kept sliding. And I don't know what in the world was going on with that. But now we can at least say – that he is in fact back and performing well. 
Um, I do not like Vegas, and I do not want to, I like <laughs> out, since Flurry left. I have no reason to really like root for them. Um, but I will say I was Vegas's number one fan uh, to make sure that the Penguins' uh, seventeen game streak can be kept alive and immortalized. So uh, shout out Aiden Hill for that amazing performance. I'll say this: if I was a an insurance broker, CEO of a fancy insurance firm, that there are a few teams that come to mind that I'd love to provide coverage to. Vegas, Edmonton, Carolina. Unfortunately, I feel like these three we talk about every year. And if I'm that broker, I mean, like, by all means, of course, let me raise your rates. All right, let's get back to talking to hockey. Aiden Hill, in my opinion, is a very underrated goaltender that's kind of getting lost out there in the Pacific Division. When it comes to hockey, I feel like most of the love goes to the Eastern Conference, both the Metro and Atlantic and the Central Division, just based on that a lot of the population that watches and enjoys hockey lives in those regions. And also most of the Pacific region teams, since they're in the later time zone, those games aren't going off till 10 o'clock at night, usually unless it's a weekend. So the average person is most likely not staying up to watch a San Jose Sharks game. I mean, the San Jose Sharks looking like that was the, a an easy Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't. I, I, don't, really I don't think. Example. I don't even. I'm not even sure that Sharks fans are staying up to watch Sharks games. I know their puck shots. I mean, like seven. I wouldn't. Play. I wouldn't stay up to watch a Pee Wee game, but that's me. If it makes you guys feel better, the Sharks are not last in the league anymore. Yeah, they Black are Hawks. second to last. Yes, yeah. the Blackhawks yeah. are last in the league right now. Yeah, which I mean, at least Bedard is skating again, so they have like something to look for. I mean. I guess I don't know. It's maybe maybe they'll get some lottery luck again. Maybe maybe uh, Batman will pull pull out the good old uh, USA, you know, like uh, marked cards or whatever to get uh, McKinney Celebrini or I don't know how you say Celebrini. You know, I think he's you know going to. About. I think he was looking at the Flyers. I think that was like people who projected him. Well, the Flyers, but that was before the Flyers started yeah. having the really good year this year. Yeah, and going back to the Sharks, I also. I'm not going to say the Sharks are a cup contender, but I also think that you can look at the Sharks' record and say that they play in one of the stronger divisions in hockey this year. And so you can give them credit for that. Unfortunately, I can't give the Blackhawks credit, whether they have Bedard or not, because the Central Division, in my opinion, isn't as strong as the Pacific. And the Blackhawks have shown on more nice than not that they're not a competitive team yet they're able to get gary to push the balls in the draft lottery their way they're able to get the winner classic they're able to get pretty much anything except a win i guess well we'll be talking about the upcoming winter classic the 2025 one in a little bit but you know going back to this edmonton thing i was looking at it and it came on my feed one of the beat reporters for the penguins said, you know, because a lot of people have been talking about the 92-93 Penguins, so that since their 17-game winning streak in 92-93, you know, was receiving so much attention, you know, they were all digging into the points. Mario Lemieux, in those 17 games, how many points do you think he put up? I, I do know the number, but you that's also it, because I follow, I follow the beat How many writer. points do you think that Mario Lemieux put up in those 17 games? 58. You're close. 51. He had 27 goals, 24 assists, totaling 51 points. And they said it was only two, it was only weeks after undergoing two months of cancer radiation treatments that he did all that. Connor McDavid, through these 16 games, nine goals, 17 assists for 26 points. So I think it's 
not being biased, but I think if the Oilers would have passed the Penguins streak, it wouldn't have been as meaningful. I, I understand where you're coming from, but also I think that we should touch upon that I'm sure we can all agree at this table it's a lot harder to score in today's NHL than in the 90s. So if McDavid put up those numbers, I would be, you know, absolutely yeah, shocked. I'm not trying to take away from Mario oh, Lemieux. He was, I've seen highlights of Mario Lemieux. He was a fun player to watch. Because I also went into, like, the total overall records. Lemieux had 160 points that year. Yeah. Penguins did not make their three-peat. You know, they got knocked out by the Islanders. But 160 points, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm looking at that that uh, that roster right now. I mean, you had Kevin Stevens putting up 111 points. Rick uh, Toche putting up 109. Ron Francis uh, hitting the uh, yeah. century in mark at 100. And Yarmer Yager, uh, 20-year-old Yarmer Yager at that, putting up 94 points. And I think that he's still playing professionally out in uh, was it Sweden. Or Finland, one of the Czech Republic, Czech, Czech Republic, Republic, one of the one of the Eastern European teams. Uh, I mean, this this roster is crazy, definitely top ended for sure. I mean, you're looking down here, uh, you know, towards the bottom there. You got some uh, third liners and whatnot. And Rick, that really Rick Tockett, he's a good coach too. He's taking the Canucks, to yeah. one of the best records in the league, and. We're going to touch upon this later in the podcast, but arguably a yeah. cup contender. Actually, you know what I'm looking at now? I didn't even realize that 160 points Lemieux had in 60, 60 games. 60 games, yeah. I was wow. just about to bring that up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> we're not uh, We're not seeing that, I don't think. Granted, that might just be, like uh, like you said, the era of, uh, you know, the not, not necessarily dead puck, but like uh, like right before it, where before they made the changes to where uh, – scoring went down but i mean like yeah they scored 367 goals in one season i don't think any team i i can't i couldn't tell you the last time a team sniffed that off the top of my head i mean maybe i don't know if last year's bruins would have i think last year's bruins topped out at around 275 not even close actually um or actually wait that's no, sorry that's this year uh 305 so I mean, that's still six. I was looking at this here. I for, I forgot the uh, the hockey reference immediately catapulted to uh, this current season. I was like 178. That doesn't seem right. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, 305, which was second uh, last year. I, I couldn't tell you who's first. And another here. thing that's very interesting when you look at the Oilers roster this year as opposed to last year's is obviously the first two names will always be interchangeable. McDavid, who's having a down year in the goals category yeah. he's only sitting at 21 that's not saying he's having a horrible year by any means i mean we're talking about our arguably the best player on the planet currently right now mm-hmm. and leon dreisaitl's up there with him he only trails by a handful point he trails him by 10 points now zach hyman i know anisa you're not a big fan I, I feel like sometimes there's players that benefit from playing with other individuals on their lines that kind of pump them up. And I'm sorry, Zach Hyman, but you know it, man. Well, you if take you Zach on, Hyman away, and he's just Zach Hyman. Like, exactly. He's just Zach Hyman. And, and Zach Hyman, if you're listening to this, if you think you're a franchise player, San Jose, sign on, and we'll come cheer for you when you – Help them out. You know, if you're able to bring that cup to San Jose in the Bay Area, we'll uh, we'll give you credit here at U92. But until you do that, 
just another guy, just another Zach Hyman. There were a lot of people saying, oh, Zach Hyman got robbed. He should have been in the All-Star game. Zach Hyman should have this, Zach Hyman that. Do you guys not realize, like, Zach Hyman is not, like, a household name. I'm, I'm using household name lightly. Yeah. But if you go to somebody and you go, who's Sidney Crosby? Who's Connor McDavid? Who is, who's a big, another big name? Avachkin. Yeah, who's Avachkin? Yeah, like, yeah, like, people are going to know, oh, that's a hockey player. If you go, who's Zach Hyman? They're going to be like, did you go to high school with him? <laughs> like, not yeah. knocking Zach Hyman, but it, it's just kind of like, it's a, like a Jake Gensel situation. You can be doing so many good things, but people will still not recognize you because you are kind of standing behind other yeah. all-stars. And I think part of that, too, is... And I'm not knocking Jake Gensel at all. I'm just saying, like, Jake no, Gensel right. has gone to the all-star game, but he's also very, very good. But he also plays with Sidney Crosby, like... Under Underappreciated due to the Underappreciated, yes. That's what yeah. I was trying to get to. Thank yeah. You. I mean, it's just... I don't know. I, I have... I. I have such a gripe with this year's All-Star game anyways. Um, I mean, we do not need every single member of the Oilers, the Canucks, and the Leafs at the All-Star game. Like, I, there is just – the Canadian teams, don't get me wrong, I understand that, like, you know, you're fighting for USA attention between the NFL, NBA, all that stuff. So, like, I can understand – why some of those teams might not be as marketable. But, like, just because Canada's number one does not mean that we have to go. And, like, just because the All-Star game was held in Toronto doesn't mean that we have to have every – it felt like every single player from both uh, Oilers and uh, the Canucks' top six was in there. Like, I just – I don't know. I think the I, – I, I understand why a fan vote would be a good idea. And I understand why having one player from each team would be a good idea. But when, I mean, like, fans are voting in, like, Zach Hyman over, like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I don't under I don't understand it personally. I think that, the like, the Four Nations Cup idea that they're coming up with for next year as opposed to the, in, like, no All-Star game, uh, or is that 2025 or 2026? No, you're right. It's, it's next, next year because okay. there's going to be no All-Star game next year. Yeah, that that is fun. That is exciting. That will bring some attention that I think – the all-star game could like is has been avoiding because they're just like kind of dead set in their ways. Like even the skills competition, like I was talking about it before the show started here and Nikita Kucherov's just like clear, not want to be there. He was like Oliver Bjorkstrand, like wishing that he was in, uh, he's in Mexico right now. Yeah. Instead, he's just kind of like haphazardly trying. Was it like, it was a passing challenge, right? He took like 55 seconds or something. I think something. he was a little bit more than that. I think he went over a minute. Yeah. Like, that's like, if you want, the All Star game is designed like to be the best and the brightest from every team and like the league as a collective. And then you go and send him out there, like, give that spot to like, I think it was like Sebastian Ajo, like, made a comment about it that like, you know, like he could have done something. Yeah, like that. he would have liked to participate and yeah. try for a million dollars. But no, you're just kind of like, I don't know, you're closing it off. And then like, I just, I don't know. It's a very like, I don't want to, I don't want to like force players to do this. But like, you know, like you got to put forth a little bit of effort. You got to look like you want to be there if you want to like get the million dollars. I you know, I think that they should reformat the All Star Game because, like, look at the MLB when they do the All Star Game and the Home Run Derby. Like, you have like those are fun because mm-hmm. you're trying to win money. 
the all-star game like and i get that baseball and hockey are not the same levels of physicality right but it's the the thought behind it like you know you're going to represent your team and i honestly don't find that big of an issue with uh kucherov like you know, not doing what he wanted to do because it's not like they could have said, oh, I don't want to participate in this. Like, if you don't participate, you get suspended. And yeah. I think the NHL kind of needs to, like, revamp that. But I'm also not upset that they had four Leaf players in the All-Star game because these are the four stars from the Leafs. Like, it's not like they were voting in, like, who is... It's not like Ryan Reeves was going yeah, to the All-Star like game. Yeah, it's not like Ryan Reeves John going to the All-Star game or like some Simon Johns. Benoit. Benoit. I think He's Benoit. been going up Simone there. Benoit. Simon. Simone Benoit. Yes. Yeah. Names. You had Austin Matthews there. Of course he's going to yeah. be there. Justin Bieber was the celebrity captain. Morgan Riley. I get that one too. Willie Nylander just signed a huge contract yeah. with the Leafs after having this really, really good year so far. Mitch Marner. Like, if they would have put in like... John Tavares, then I would have been like, okay, like this is a little rigged right now. But putting these four, like, I'm totally fine with that. The Canucks, I'm fine with Quinn Hughes going. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Thatcher Demko going. A hundred percent. Fine. Yeah. Brock Besser, fine. JT Miller, I'm a little on the fence about that one. Oh, come on. I, I, He's a good player, but I don't think he needed to be at the All Star game. I th- Would you take JT Miller or Zach Hyman or Jeff Carter at that point? Why are you comparing is, yeah, them whoa, to man. Jeff Carter? Whoa, man. Because Jeff... <laughs> Please do not our, insult our, parts our, like that. Our, I'm our, not, insult, I'm not insulting him. I'm saying he's a potential all-star here. That's a compliment. Let's, be, let's be serious. Grandpa. Let's right. be serious. <laughs> let's be slash SRS our, right our now. Our fourth line king. All right. He He's not the 2012 Jeff Carter anymore, but uh, we we still love him. All right. He's he's, score, he's breaking power play goal droughts one uh, one series at a time. <laughs> so that's, that's two now. That's Listen, two I, I watched a power play goal from Jeff Carter the other day, and I said, no way. I literally watched it go in, and I said, no way. Out loud, at the Penguins game, I was like, no way. <laughs> no way. And then Brian Russ scored two minutes later because it was a five-minute penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Who got so. thrown out? Brendan Dillon Brendan for Dillon. that elbow on Achari. Oh, I saw it. was dirty. I done. Got him. Um, People, yeah. oh, you know. Oh, no. I can, it, <laughs> this, is, this is what happens when you get two Penguins fans in a room together. They can just start talking about how horrible the league is. Anyways. And the Department of Player Safety. and <laughs> Too long, didn't read. I'm fine with all those Leafs going. I'm fine with most of these Canucks going. Sorry, I forgot Pedersen. Yeah. Um, he deserves to be there. And, and, and technically and Lindholm, too. Lindholm <laughs> did represent. There were six Canucks representing them. Yeah. Well, Lindholm. With Lindholm, yes, yes, Yeah, yes. with Lindholm. I mean, um, I don't know. I'm fine with the Avalanche having three players. Like, if you you need to have McKinnon there, like, and McCarr, like, you have to. Yeah, those two are fine. Georgia should not have been there. That was, I mean, what are we doing? That's just like, uh, you know, like goalie on the like one of the best teams. Let's just yeah, send him in. I mean, like. Why not get Tristan Jari? He's leading the league in six shutouts right now. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, if you're gonna throw like pick and pick a hat out of pick a name out of a hat, like you know, why not go for like the shutout leader? I mean, Connor Ingram even. I mean, he was he's fifth right now. Uh, he's got five shutouts or not fifth. He's tied for a second with I five mean, shutouts. Like, well, I mean, why not just you know? What goalies were there? You had uh, Jake Ottinger, Igor Shosturkin, um, Connor Hellebuck. 
Yeah. Another underrated. Sergey Bobrovsky. Um, who else? Swayman. Yeah, I thought Swayman. Yeah. Yeah. Swayman was there. Demko and Talbot. And that's it. I mean, like, respect, respectfully, Georgia should not have been there. And as much as I love Otter, this is not the year for him to be making the All-Star game. He's having a real, real down year. Especially after, compare, I think, maybe not so much of a down year, but compared to what he was last year's playoffs, it's been kind of kind of treading under like you know the what's going on button like i i think he he was hurt for a while so i can't fault him too much but before that even it was very shaky at best i will raise this question because i know we don't want to talk about the all-star game looking at these rosters if they played an actual game like competitive like imagine that these are actual teams they are going to play in a playoff scenario who do you think is winning out of these four teams, the whole thing? Ooh, that is, I, that is tough. I got I to gotta, let me pull up the rosters. I'll let you second. pull it up. I mean, I vaguely know the rosters, but I also vaguely. Keep have, in mind, there were no, there were like four D men who went to the All Star game. Uh, Kale McCart, Quinn Hughes, Headman. Yeah, what's, what's up Headman, with that? right? I understand that it's Morgan Riley. I understand it's like a you know like an all star game, so you want to have like and, you know some high scoring. Uh, Ross, Rossmus, Dolly, Victor Hetman didn't go. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. No, because uh, yeah, because Kucherov went for the Lightning. Um, okay, if I, I had Michael and Bedard were injured, but they would have went for both yeah. of their respective if, teams. You want it? You want to pick first? The or are you still thinking? Because I I have I vaguely know the roster, but I have my pick. Um, my biased answer probably probably Team McKinnon solely because uh, I think the Tate McRae could probably be an NHL level coach. I mean, why not give her the Sens job? Uh, but no, I mean, I don't know. I think it's very back and forth. I feel like. I'm not sure why Robert Thomas was the Blues uh, representative. I don't even think that anybody from the Blues should have went. I think that's they're having the most forgettable year. Um, no, I think my actual answer is probably Team Matthews. I think that probably could have done well. I know they don't have a – they have one defender, and that's Morgan Riley. But, like, yeah, all four Maple Leafs, Ottinger, Keller, Barzal, uh, Shesterkin – Philip Forsberg, um, DeBrinket, and uh, Trocek. I mean, yeah. I don't know. What's yours? What would yours be, Alex? Let me just take a quick glance because I, I was thinking old All-Star game where it's like by division. No. I forgot that Dude. they had the draft. Uh, yeah. I'll give mine. And All right, I'm going to go with Team Hughes. Really? That's... Why are you going to do Hughes? I mean, yeah. Why Hughes? Well, here's the thing. I... I know you're a big fan of the Hughes brothers. I enjoy watching the Hughes brothers play. And we look at the rest of the if we look at the rest of the roster. You have a handful of the Canucks. Brady Kachuk, I know you enjoy watching him play Anisa. <laughs> Jesper Bratt, Devil, New Jersey Devils represent, right? Well, Jesper no? Bratt was replacing Jack. Jack did not play. Yeah. Jack. I know, I I know he didn't play. He yeah. was like he was but, supposed to play. 
He still probably should have. I honestly think he should have got in regardless. Of yeah, I'm surprised he because it's like non-contact. Well, he just played. He just came. I think it was a. I think it was like an injury that affected his skating. I have no clue. They don't specify because I know. they don't want people I, like targeting whatever. I that that's probably I think the weirdest thing that like I have to explain to any like person like friend of mine who's getting into hockey. It's like they'll just see like you know uh, uh, Jack Hughes out six to eight weeks with a lower body injury because I think it does more for like speculating than it does to like protect him from you know getting harassment over like a torn ACL or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's very, very odd, especially when you like watch the games too, because you can very clearly tell like what's going on, but then you'll just see like it'll say like upper body injury, but like you know Nolakari or Achari there, like they said he does have a concussion. Yeah, like that's that's so very clear. But then you go and like look at the like NHLPA's website, and it just says upper body injury. Like it's it's very very confusing. I don't know why it is the way that it is, but I guess more power to him. You know, separate yourselves a little bit. I will say mine, which I have no clue. It's like there's like banging above us right now. I think there's people working on the roof because I heard okay. it during my show as well. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine would probably be, and this is not, you know, me being biased. I'm taking McKinnon solely because I would love, 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 and maybe we will get to see this with, oh, we didn't even talk about how the Olympics are oh, allowing yeah. NHL players. Um, McKinnon and Crosby on a line together. With, and I know McCarr was playing up just because, you know, they were doing three-on-threes. Yeah. But if you had a complete line with them and, I mean, who would you – Crosby said he would move onto the wing to play with McKinnon. So uh, I don't know who I you mean, would put on another wing for them. Kaprizov maybe? Ooh. I, certainly not Tom Wilson. Um, you don't want a Tom Wilson, McKinnon, Crosby line? No, the only people that would feed would be like, uh, you know, pe- people who just like. A Travis Konechny, yeah, uh, uh, McKinnon, I, I Crosby line. That wouldn't feed anybody. That would be, that's like, that's scraps. That's <laughs> breadcrumbs right there. The the Konechny might be a little bit better, but um, I just, I don't know. No, I would seriously love to see that actually like play out. Like maybe Team Canada. In two years, maybe Crosby will earn his roster spot. I have no clue. And he'll be able to play for Team Canada. Yeah, 30, what, eight-year-old Team Crosby in two years? Um, Yes. Yeah, he's 30, yeah, 36 right now. So uh, I can't guarantee that he'll be there. I mean, well, actually, I think he probably would on like a – like a fourth line thing. I, I couldn't imagine that he's let's, let's be realistic. I, I can't imagine that team Canada is going to, I'm making a lot of faces right now. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate the blind loyalty to all things. It's, not blind Crosby. Loyalty, but it's not like he's playing down. He still keeps playing and he's really, really good right now. If he continues his trend in the next two seasons, I don't see why he can't be second line center for team Canada. Maybe. I don't know. The projected like the projected rosters that I've seen, granted, it's like NHL Instagram, so I mean take that as you will, you know, with a <laughs> grain of salt, but the projected like rosters and lines that I've seen him, like, they're not in his uh they're not working in his favor at the moment. Okay, well we we don't look at Instagram lineups. Yeah. I was gonna say, uh switching gears a little bit here. Let's talk about the LA Kings. Uh 
I don't know if like I want to talk about the LA that's Kings. That's like a total highway switch. Like you're going to the other yeah, side of the that's, country. That's whiplash. It yeah, is that's, whiplash. That's whiplash. Well, that's what that's the Kings are right now. Yeah, so, Kings are going through it. If uh, we were able to rewind a couple of episodes, and Issa and I were sitting in this very room talking about the Kings being not only a playoff contender, but a cup contender. <laughs> Too bad we can't play that clip for y'all. But if we could, I could, some, I could go back and dig it up. But play it. So we said the king, the Kings are the team of the West. Well, yeah, they the, unfortunately, I think the Kings were listening to our podcast because they use as an excuse to just stop showing up after December twenty after the December twenty seventh game against the world famous San Jose Sharks, and now suddenly the Kings are trying to be the new. Coyotes of the Pacific Division and being a dumpster fire, they have to fire their head coach and Todd McClellan. I I don't know if he was the sole reason for all the issues. They did deal with a few injuries, not a crazy amount. They did have a couple. It was just a lot of mediocre play. And suddenly the Kings find themselves fighting for the final wild card spot in the West after sitting at the top of the division and, and the top of the Western Conference only a couple of weeks before they started their latest skid. Yeah, I mean, right now they're sitting three points behind the Oilers for the third place in the Pacific. I believe, yeah, they are holding the first wildcard spot in the West. So there, it's not like... I mean, obviously, they were still hitting the panic button enough to fire McClellan, but, like, they're still – they very well could be in a worse situation right now. They could be, like, fully skidding, but I think they're, you know, like, now they're back from the All-Star break. Like, things are going – like, I think that things will be trending positively for them. I just – I couldn't tell you what in the world happened. I, I haven't watched enough uh, Kings games to, like – you know, justify if that was a justify the McClellan firing or not. So if you're looking at Bet MG right now, if the playoffs started today, right now in the Western Conference, the Canucks are first in the Pacific, so they would play the Blues who hold the second wild card spot. The Avalanche are second in the Central, and they would play the number three Central Jets. The next one would be the Golden Knights and the Oilers, who are both second and third, respectively, in the Pacific. That'd be a good series. And then you would have the Stars, who are first in the Central, the Kings, who have wild card one. That would be another good series. Um, I mean, I have my opinions on the Kings. I was open to hearing Alex's, I guess... I have a couple more. Please about the Kings. I'll keep this... Beginning of the I'll keep this relatively short. Yeah, go ahead. I was... Very impressed by the Kings' start to the season. To be honest with you, I thought it was, like you said, a little too good to be true. I thought they were going to be good. I didn't think they were going to be that good. And obviously, regression caught up. I do think they could turn it around. And I still firmly believe that they'll, they could be that sneaky team in the playoffs. But they have to figure it out soon. And one of the main issues is scoring. The leading goal scorer on the Kings, any guesses without looking at ESPN? Don't cheat. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm thinking now. Uh, Fiala, maybe? Nope. He's tied for the lead in points, but not for goals. Ah. We're talking just solely goals here. Who was it? Trevor Moore. <laughs> oh. Notice I didn't say Pierre-Luc Dubois. Oh, I know you have your opinions on him. 
Tanner Lambert was 100% right. That guy might be the... Oh, the, please, please don't say I might never... Say I'll probably never, ever, ever say that again. But Pierre-Luc Dubois might be the most expensive and the fanciest bench warmer there is in the NHL. I mean, the way he's been playing with the Kings, the way he's played with the Jets, the way he's played with the Blue Jackets, I mean... In basketball, you talk about the sixth man. In hockey, he's he plays like he's like the twenty fifth man. He it's like it's it's genuinely kind of frustrating to like watch him get thrown in like every position, every line, and it's just like not working. Like I I really don't know what to do with him other than just like bench put him, him, put him in the box, let him watch the game from up high, and just like try to like recoup a little bit but like i mean i don't even know who you could slide in for him he, he the, is like, leading third he is, and fourth lines yeah. he is leading the kings in one category he's a minus 16 that's impressive so congratulations pierre keep I it up say yeah. i was looking at articles from june when they were talking about trading for pierre luc dubois and the above article you know it said all these other problems that the kings have you know, I'm sure you can point out the problems. Goaltending. Goaltending. You have a 36-year-old who I guess is doing pretty good this year. But, you know, they have other needs. And this article, it said, Trading for Dubois feels like buying an expensive sports car while missing your mortgage payment. Sure, it's cool, <laughs> and, sure it's not cool and fun to show off, but you're ignoring a far bigger problem at home. Yeah. And you're bringing so, another problem in. I mean, it's another star player, and the Kings didn't need another star player, you know. But I will say, I was looking at this, I don't think that the Kings should have fired McClellan. I don't, I don't think that it was his fault. You have their GM, Rob Blake, hired him to guide the club out of its rebuilding phase and into cup contender status. We saw at the beginning of the Oilers season as well, Jay Woodcroft got a lot of the blame for the Oilers skid. Maybe he was the reason. Maybe he wasn't the reason. Right now, the Oilers are coming off that 16-game winning streak. But um, a lot of the issues and problems and faults fall on the GM as well Mm -hmm. because the Kings are sitting right at the salary cap. Like, they are at their threshold. They cannot do anything. They can't trade. They can't... Nothing. So McClellan had to work with what he had. And if you keep going, they had interviews. I don't know if you guys saw it about how when I think they lost to the Sabres, they had a 3-1 lead and they blew it in the second period. Yeah. Drew, Do- how do you say Dowdy. that? Dowdy. Dowdy. Drew Dowdy. Drew Dowdy. He said, this is verbatim from the quote, you know, from the article. He said, I think we got guys in this room who are too worried about themselves and worried about their points and worried about stuff like that. We get a 3-1 lead tonight and guys start thinking it's a cookie night and we stop playing the way we know how to play, have an awful second period, and then aren't much better in the third. It's about the team, not about yourself, and a lot of the guys on this team need to realize that. So he said that, and then Anze Kopitar echoed kind of the same sentiment Daddy went on to say it's not a large chunk of the team, but both of them refuse to name names. So yeah. all signs point to Pierre Luc Dubois. I'm not gonna say it. You can say it if you want. I just I said puzzle, one of them. The puzzle pieces are being put together 
<laughs> not by us, but by you, the listener, using your context clues like good old English teachers taught you in the seventh grade. Uh, I think with proper spelling, but yeah. Yes. yeah. Think about it this way. You have a certain player who went from the Blue Jackets <laughs> to the Jets. The Jets had locker room problems last year. Am I wrong? Am I correct? Yeah. They had, uh, locker, they had room locker room. He was there, I want to say, about two. A certain player about two was seasons. there. A certain three-letter three abbreviated. <laughs> a, a, yeah, a certain Quebecois player was there causing issues in Winnipeg. He caused some issues in Blue Jack in the Columbus because he couldn't handle a little adversity from Torts. And now in sunny L.A., in SoCal, he's El causing— Segundo. They're in El Segundo. El Segundo? Uh-huh. Oh, that's is that where the practice facility is at? That's where the kids That's are right next base. to the airport. I, I, I think this uh, yeah. this Quebecois player should be getting the next available flight out of LAX to any other team in the Pacific Division because I thought he was a bad pickup when we got him in the trade. I really liked Gabe Velarde. I talked about him a couple of times last year. I thought he had a really high ceiling of potential, and he had some big goals in the playoffs and— We'll never know because we got rid of him. Sean Dursey, I was a fan of him. Sean Walker, Sean Walker's on the Flyers now. He's not doing too badly. I mean, if you think about it, the Jets and the Kings kind of flipped spots this year. Like, the Kings are all the way back. They're, like, in double digits right now, and the Jets are kind of flying high. So... Nice pun there. I don't know if that was intentional. Take, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the the, no. King, the Kings last year were a wild card team. They were wild yeah. card well, one. Well, I'm saying like they're dropping. Like the Jets get rid of ah. space, 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 and they're shooting up now. The Kings were doing really good. They started the season. They were 27 yeah. and four, and then they went on an 0-4-4 skid. That led to another two eight six skid. Yeah, yeah. So I think space. I think space, space, space is about to stand for San Jose Sharks because that's where space, space, space should go. I mean, they're they're already at rock bottom, so they can only go up from there. The 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 physics show that it can only go up from there. Yeah, I think so. In defense, not of blank blank blank, but in defense of the like. <laughs> Actually, I guess that is a little bit in defensive blank, blank, blank. Uh, I not to not to keep everything in like a too much of a pins centric mind, but they're in 09 when they fired uh, TRN and hired uh, Dan Blisma midseason, and then they went on that cup run. You got to think about that. That was like a cultural shift for hockey because now you're so many like midseason firings and hirings in the middle to try and push for a cup run. It happened again in 2016 with, uh, or 2017 with Mike Sullivan. Like it's like, do you have like these mid season switches to like after a losing skid to think that things are going to change. And then ultimately when they don't, you're stuck with another coach who like might've lit the fire for what, 10 games. And then, you know, flamed out in the playoffs and then he ride with him for next two, three years and then can him in the middle of the season and hire another guy. And it's just like a, like a brutal cycle of just mediocrity and acceptance that like, you know, the refusal of like guilt, I, I guess, like a refusal to like accept fault from the higher ups because like, 
I'm looking at like the Kings roster, like the top line of Byfield, Kopitar, and Kempe is really good. Well, Trevor th- Moore, Denault, and Fiala, that's a fine second line. But then you look down towards the like the bottom six there, and like Laferriere has not really been where people were thought he was going to be at this year. Uh, PLD. Yeah, and like I couldn't, I can't tell you a single like a single thing about any of these, you know, fourth line guys. Like, granted, I know that's you know pretty typical, but like, there's like there's there's nothing. They're such a top heavy team that and like that the defense is good. I'll give them that at least. You know, Mikey Anderson and uh, Dowdy holding that top pairing down, and then uh, Cam Talbot kind of having a career resurgence a little bit. Um, also, Cam Talbot, I was looking at this. Cam Talbot hasn't won a game since December 23rd, and he's had 10 starts. So he has a .881 save well, percentage. All right, at least he's an all-star for a reason. That first half getting into, like, the thick of December, he was, like, on fire, I'd say, for his standards at least, what you've come to expect watching uh, Cam Talbot starts. But, I mean, just... I th- also think that because the Kings went out and chased a lot, a lot of veterans and some names that now like they're like okay we need like it's cup or bust yeah. and right now I also think that the egos are playing into their issues because you know if you are a star player and your coach says hey you're getting bumped down to the fourth line tonight well you're mad about that so you're not going to play good yeah. And it's just going to be a vicious cycle that continues and continues. So I think that's something that's going on as well. Uh, I think that's way beyond a new coach, what a new coach can fix. Um, and that's a just messy situation out in L.A. Yeah. Alex, do you want to talk about the messy situation in Calgary? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is, this this, is all you. You're, everyone listening, you're, you're in for an absolute treat. I'm sorry. And this is better than space, base, space, blank, 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 Quebecois, said player. The Calgary Flames, okay, there's a great hockey movie called Slapshot. I highly recommend it. It may or may not be family-friendly, depending on your taste. I'll leave that one up for you to decide. It, it is a it's 1970s movie rated PG-13, if that tells you anything. So okay, I think that's all of genders. <laughs> what I'm what I'm getting at here is that the idea in Slapshot is that the team, you know, what they weren't good at first. They weren't winning championships. They were a bunch of nobodies, pretty much. And then they got better over time. They may may or may not have had a trio of brothers that were a bunch of thugs. I'm not gonna spoil the movie. It's one of my all time favorites. I'll I'll make y'all watch it, and then you can. Uh, you could send us your thoughts, and maybe we'll do an episode just on that. Going back to the Calgary Flames, what else do we have to do here in Calgary? For starters, new arena. We've been talking about that for 10 years. You, you know, it you is 20. Team? What? Are you a part of the team? <laughs> yeah, I'm making myself of, part of the team. The the I'm like Bill Garen, okay? Like Bill Garen. Anyone that's able to skate, show up at the XL Center. Although anyone that has some the Saddle t- Dome. Be at the Saddle Dome, okay? And watch your head because the roof is currently caving in on, <laughs> on the 200 level. So the Flames. 2016, this report comes out, you know, by 2024, the Calgary Flames are going to have a new state-of-the-art arena, and it's February 9th, 2024. I don't see a new arena in Calgary because there isn't one. You know what's not in Calgary anymore? 
Elias Lidholm because he got traded to the Canucks. Why did Elias Lidholm get traded to the Canucks? Because he wasn't going to resign. Why isn't he going to resign? Well, who would want to resign for this Flames team from people taking mental health breaks? That's a whole other story. We'll get into that. People taking mental health breaks when they really were involved in other extracurriculars to people that just flat out don't want to play. And on top of that, five UFAs, unrestricted unrestricted free agents. I'm so angry. I'm fumbling over my words over here. Lidholm's gone. Nikita Zadorov is gone. Matthew Kachuk is gone. Johnny Hockey is gone. Daryl Sutter is gone. And a couple of people in the Flames front office were fired too last year. Are so you playing gone. with people that they've grabbed? Are they playing with people that they've grabbed off the street? Like here, here's a Flames jersey. Have fun. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm gen- saying. I'm, I'm genuinely curious because I like. Will they give us a contract? I can think of. They like, might. Not I don't especially, know how to skate. I especially if you, it, it, you know, in the field, field of dreams is a baseball music, baseball movie. But they say if if you build it, they, they will, will come. come. Yeah. Okay, so if you build that new arena, the stars will come. Blank, blank, blank is gonna come. I really hope blank, blank, blank doesn't come because it, it it can only get worse when he comes because he's he's zero and three and making teams better. Also, Noah Hannafin. We want to talk about trade bait, trade targets. I, th- I think it's time that U92 turns into the casino and we take bets on not if, but when Noah Hannafin gets moved. He's made it crystal clear he wants to go to Boston. He's not going to resign in Calgary if he doesn't get moved. He's going to sign in Boston, even if he doesn't get traded to Boston, and he 100, 100, 100, 152% doesn't want to play in Calgary anymore because the whole locker room culture's off. There's no leadership whatsoever. Jonathan Superstar Huberdo is having his second down year in a row. Not anywhere close to getting in the record books like he was two seasons ago. Tyler Toffoli, he's not there anymore. So it begs the question, who do the Flames have? Like can yeah, you I, can can you both name a member of the Calgary Flames without looking at the roster that's not named Elias Lidholm or Jonathan Huberdo or Noah Hannafin? I, Tate McRae. Yeah, no, that's like, impressive. Gen- genuinely, okay. I was I was gonna say Nazem Kadri anyways, but I also have yeah, this, that's I, I have this pulled up before you started on. You're that. you're good. Uh, best jer- just saying. They still have the best jerseys in the league. I'll have to rock mine and my my hat for our next meeting, even if the Flames are further in the cellar. Can't take that away from them, not yet, until the NHL throws a couple of ads for Gary's new hobby, which is getting the Coyotes another home, which he won't be successful in. All right, back to the Flames. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll shelve the jersey topic for another day, but... um, yeah, no, this team, this Flames team is just, I mean, I have, where where are they at in the standings right now? They're, they're actually only they're three fi- points out of a wild card. Yeah, they're three point, uh, I, they're one point actually, they're going back and forth. Uh, Blues and Preds are tied at 54 points and they're sitting at 53. By the, I have, I could not tell you how, honestly, Huberto's having a bad year. Um, I think I think Kuzmenko is actually like kind of gelling in nicely in the like one or two games that he's played for him. I think he's got a goal or two. Um, 
I mean, Kadri holding down the second line. Mikael Backlund on the third line. Uh, random shout out. Like then the defense. The defense. I. Is Mackenzie Weger doing like Mackenzie Weger's having a solid year? And speaking of speaking of the Flames defense, that top pairing you you just pulled up, Mason. Yeah, Hannafin. We have no Hannafin. We just touched upon him. His partner, Chris Tanev, once again at the top of all the trade boards. He's a veteran. I can't blame him. You might be familiar with his brother, Brandon Brandon. Tanoff. He's bounced around a couple of teams. Turbo the Meister, Mike. Crack. I want to say Kraken now, right? Kraken. He's done Canucks, Kraken. One of, then one of the Tanfs play for the Penguins. That was, was Brandon. it, Brandon. Yeah, I well, saw and that Chris one was of them, to the One of them played for the Canucks. Um, uh, I don't. I want to say that was Chris. I, I'll say that had to have been Chris. I'm pr- uh, I'm pretty sure that one of the Tan. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. He started. He started. That he's a longtime Canuck. Uh, moved over in 2020. That's uh, what I thought. Yeah, no. You know what I would do. The Flames Sell the just, team. What? <laughs> Sell the team. I mean, Moving back cool. to Atlanta. I'm just saying, if if I want to see hockey stay in Arizona personally, if the Calgary Flames wanted to move to Utah, I'm just saying, I think that it would probably do the franchise a little bit good to go from at least, you know, cold, boring, depressing outside of Tate McRae, Calgary, go down to, uh, you know, Utah and go invest in, you know, Mormon, uh, Mormon attendance. I mean, go for it, you know. The, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at this. <laughs> at least we don't play in a college arena. At least we pay our taxes, to my knowledge. You know, we don't get evicted from Glendale and Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, and, the- you know, <laughs> we've already been relocated once from Atlanta. Speaking of which, Atlanta, you're 0-2 in NHL teams. You don't deserve a third chance. You're just like blank, 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 okay? You're out of chances. I'm sorry. If you want a team... Build a college blame, arena. Blame, build a high blame. school arena. Build a high school arena and then take the Coyotes, okay? And then after that, build like a peewee arena and then we'll have like the temporary bleachers and then next thing you know, they'll be playing like a high school gymnasium or yeah. something. I mean, I don't You know. get the point. I think <laughs> that when Austin Matthews comes back to Arizona. He's coming home. He right? comes, He's coming when home. When he comes home, hockey will be saved in Arizona. The uh, well, I mean, when when is his contract up? I can't remember. Off two the top years, of my head. right? I think uh, two. Let me look. I thought he just signed. Yeah, why? why it, it, even even if he's gonna come home, why why would you leave the Maple? I know the mate the whole thing with the Maple Leafs and that you know like they're they're all you know all talk until the playoffs or whatever, and that they never get past the first or second round and all that's great. Yeah, I'll say but the Maple Leafs still are competitive year in year out. The Coyotes, other than 2020 with the adjustable playoffs just based on with the pandemic and how they did playoffs that year, can you name me the last time the Coyotes were in the playoffs and do you know who they played? Uh, Was it 2013? Yes, it was 2013 or 2014. Let me... And it was when they were still in Phoenix. While you think about that, Austin Matthews signed a four-year $53 million dollar contract extension in August of 23. So he's gone after the 27, 28 season. He's yeah. a coyote. He's coming back to Arizona. All right. Back on American soil, baby. USA. What is a kilometer? Yeah. I, yeah, I think that, yeah, it's the way that things are going. It would not surprise me. But, uh, what I was going to say is that the flames just beat the devils last night. Like it just happens like clockwork. You have a devil who gets traded away to another team, that team comes into town, they end up beating them, having like a really good night. I have seen tweets about 
Jacob Markstrom, the Flames goalie, mm-hmm. maybe wanting, maybe going to Jersey because he doesn't know what the future is like in Calgary. Uh, Which the Devils need goaltending. Yeah. Badly. Like, if you pulled some guy off the street in Nork and you said, hey, you're a Jersey Devils goalie now, that'd probably be better than Vitek Vanacek. Yeah. I, 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 I will. <laughs> Sorry to cut no, you off, guard. You go. All right. I was going to say, I did see a tweet. Um, somebody compiled the worst attributes yeah. of every single thing. And every NHL single opponent, thing every was Vitek Vanacek. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I kind of want to see. If not Markstrom, maybe uh, maybe Jose Saros. I know Jose uh, Saros is a really really big target for the Devils right now. I I think it'd personally be dumb of the Preds to sell him. I think that like they're not. I think the Preds are a solid team that can make the playoffs. I mean, they're. Sit- I don't think they need to sell. Yeah, I'll say they're sitting tied with the Blues for that last wild card. I don't even spot. know how the Blues have that many points. I don't know either. They're <laughs> fifth. They got yeah, they got fifty four right now uh, tied. Then they have the tiebreaker over uh, the Predators for games played. So, but I just I don't know. I think that it would be dumb for the Preds to sell. But like I don't know. Uh, isn't it who's their GM now? Isn't it as barbecue Bruce? Isn't it? Or am I thinking of... Uh, no, well, Dave Poley finally retired. He had been there for years, and he had done a great job. You know, he took them from an, a little expansion team. No, and Trots. That's what I was thinking of. Not Barbecue Bruce. Yeah, uh, he's the... G- oh, yeah, I yeah, forgot. He got promoted to being the GM now. Though. Yeah. This I, is the photo that Mason was talking yes. about. <laughs> it's a photo of Vitek Vanacek, and it says, Building the worst possible goalie. Vtex stick handling, Vtex blocker side, Vtex rebound control, Vtex five hole, Vtex athleticism, Vtex glove, Vtex awareness. So basically, Vtex Vanacek, which yeah. I'm not dissing how good he was for in the playoffs for the Devils last season, but this is not the playoffs right now. Like yeah. he, him, and Akira Schmidt. Actually, I don't even think Schmidt's been playing. It's been uh, Nico Dawes. Nico Dawes has been pretty solid for the Devils. He's had, you know, growing pains. But I really think the goaltending and the injuries are destroying any chances that the Devils have of a playoff spot this year. And it sucks because they have a really good core, and this is going to be another year wasted away because they can't get their stuff together. Yeah. I will say this. The Calgary Flames have arguably the best prospect pool in the NHL. Our farm system is really good. We got that. We got that farm system superpower, okay? Which, by the way, the Calgary Wranglers, the AHL affiliate of the Flames, they share the same arena. The Calgary Hitmen, a junior team in which a lot of NHL players have come from over the years. Travis Sanheim comes to mind. They share the same arena. So, to the city of Calgary, please build it. The superstars will come. And I'm not talking about blank, blank, blank. I'm talking about, you know... Some of the real superstars, except we have to start winning games. Yeah, I mean, maybe Matthew Kachuk, maybe, you know, Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, we'll like come that. back. Who knows? <laughs> give, him, give him a penthouse apartment overlooking the Bow River. I'm sure they'll, they'll come back, you know. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm like sorry, the main, see, the Bow River is the main river. I'm sorry, town. do you see how happy, maybe not Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's doing one. Do you see how happy Matthew Kachuk is sitting down in Florida in his beach house in sunny 
Yeah. Miami. No. I, I hope I hope the I hope the sarcasm was prevalent enough to be picked up when I was saying that they could come back. Johnny Gaudreau, though, I would not surprise me what he does not force his way out of Columbus to here very soon. Because he could have been a devil. You didn't want to be he a devil. Been, you know what? The Flyers or the Devils, I thought, were the number two or the two like. He was going to sign with the Devils, but he's from Jersey. And he's like, I don't want to have to deal with all like the people and stuff that I know from home. But now you're stuck in Columbus. Well, he's Ohio. from he's from South Jersey. Yeah, I think he's from. He's from Voorhees. Yeah, yeah he's from Ho- He's from Sewell. I don't know. I couldn't. Tell he you. played at Hollydale because I've played there. That's like 40 minutes from me. Salem County. Yeah, that's near yeah. Hollydale. But yeah, that's it's kind of like, near like. Um, that's the southern tip of New Jersey. It borders Delaware. It's by the Delaware Memorial. Yes, Bridge. yes, yes. So he probably grew up. Flyers fan. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But, like, regardless, like, why go and get spooked by that darn cannon every single game? Not necessarily from the goals, but at least, like, the pregames and postgame stuff. Yeah, you're right, because they're not scoring <laughs> they're not enough scoring for you goal. to hear that. They're not often. scoring goals. I will say, though, I, um, I don't want to hate on the Jackets too, too much, because while they do suck... Um, I would. I did go to one of their games this season. I went and I went and watched them play the um, the Ducks, the Battle of Mid. Honestly, the Battle. Uh, of mid. It was it was fun. They're having a mid off. They they uh, the Ducks won in overtime. I think it was uh, Frank Vitrano game winner. Oh, I saw wow. that. Yeah, it was pretty. That was pretty cool. Um, it was a fun experience, but like they deserve better. I mean, like they. I think I don't know. They just feel like so irrelevant. Even like thinking back to like the, you know, like the thirteen, like the uh, seventeen teams that were like doing like relatively good and like had some good players to them. Like it just felt like aureless, man. Like I don't know. There's just something about Columbus that just it doesn't have the same mojo as like any other team in the Metro. They feel like bad vibes in Ohio, just generally. I think. Yeah, I've never been to Ohio. Don't want to go. Not um, missing much. I've only been twice. I've been. I was two times too many. I've been quite a handful of times. I, I think just due to proximity. But like um, the best parts of Ohio are the airport. <laughs> yeah. The highway leaving, sign leaving, saying thanks for coming. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, Cincinnati is really cool. Cincinnati, if Cincinnati is a nice had a town. hockey team. I wouldn't be opposed. But um, future Cincinnati, NHL expansion. You hear Thrashers. <laughs> Bring it back. Cincinnati Flames. Mm, thrashers. Let's go Thrashers. That's pretty, pretty cool. Are we gonna Are we gonna bring them in with the half empty arena and everything too? Mm-hmm. I know. Since since fans go. are quite loyal, I'll give them credit. I, I've been to quite a few uh, Reds games in my time because uh, for some reason baseball fans in West Virginia are split down the middle between Pirates and Reds, and um, even when they were like not that good, they were still they still had quite a fun. Uh, Quite a fun time to be around. Yeah, I think didn't that's... they sell out their opening day? I remember watching yeah, that yeah. on TV last year. Well, they were they almost made the playoffs too. Ellie De La Cruz, he overrated. Um, back to the hockey though. Uh, Good thing this is a hockey podcast. Yeah. yeah, that was a very quick overrated. Wow. Yeah, I I said what I said. Um, I'm also a little bit biased as a Pirates fan, but regardless, um, also I didn't last thing we started. Last off. thing, <laughs> I know this is not hockey, but. In my opinion, Brand, Brandon Phillips, I thought was really good, fun player to watch. Is he in the Reds Hall of Fame? He should be. 
Uh, okay. I was. I, I, I just want to interject that. I. I'm not sure. He I, should be. I you're mean, ask, you're he, asking the wrong. You're asking the. But wrong you said guy. you're a Reds fan. No, no, no. I'm a Pirates fan. I just. I. I've been to a lot of Reds games because, like, me and my friends would go as like little kids. Because oh. uh, if you're a Pirates fan, you know, I'll just say, you know, kudos for getting more fans in this year. All right, back to hockey. <laughs> Um, what do we want to talk about next? You guys want to talk about the Winter Classic? Just got announced. One thing I will say before we go to the mid Winter Classic for next mid. year. Everything's mid. Yeah, I just I don't like it. Um, there was a video put out at the All Star Game, and people were like, "Would you rather play with the Kachuk brothers or the Hughes brothers?" Oh, and yeah. Sebastian Ajo went, "Ooh, that's a tough one." He goes, and immediately he goes, "Kachuk." Like he doesn't even doesn't even consider it. You have a lot of the guys like some of the Canucks were like, oh, we're going to play with the Kachuk brothers. (laughs) Okay. next thing. Winter Classic. I'm going to preface this. I do not like the Blackhawks organization at all. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that a team who's had so many blemishes in the past 15 years deserves all these good things. Yeah. Speaking of what we didn't touch upon it. Corey Perry. He's back. Yeah, with the Oilers. With the Oilers. Because that was never ever revealed what happened with him. I think exactly because the rumor was alcohol. Yeah, and uh, it was an intoxicated, like, incident. Yeah, he was like intoxicated. And then I heard a rumor that he was at an event for some of their major donors, and he was either supposed to speak or he 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 was completely inebriated. Either I mean, way, it's the Blackhawks. If so it's like, alcohol, then I hope that he gets like the help. He did. He entered some program. Yeah. It was, and that's, he, that was part of his like contract that the Oilers signed him I on to. I He's really like, wish that they would have said something like, "Hey, like clear the air," because there's a lot of rumors still flying around, and especially with how the Blackhawks have handled, handled the last the incident. Yep. Um, yeah. You yeah. really can't trust them. So that's why I'm not a fan of organizations like the Blackhawks getting these good things, getting Connor Bedard, getting a Winter Classic. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Like, a Winter Classic at Wrigley Field. Like, yeah, that's cool. Like, who's going to turn that down? But then you think about it, you're like, oh, like, the Blackhawks, it's the Blues. You look at the ratings, and the ratings for the Winter Classics just keep going down and down. They've been trending down. down. Like, yeah, not even like steadily. Like, it's like a harsh decline since like 2016. I think was the last like. Because it's the same. Like it's the million. same teams. It's not only the same teams, but at the same time, you have a lot of the college football games and sometimes the NFL. Yeah, like if it's putting it on New Year's Day when you have the New Year's Six right there. Well, I mean, if you have it new, if you put it at 12 o'clock or one o'clock on New Year's Day, you're gonna watch it because most of the relevant college. New Year's Six bowl games start at five. But, like, look at this one recently. So the Kraken and the Golden Knights, this game was at, what, 3 o'clock? Yeah, but remember, because that's that's noon Pacific. Yeah, West Coast. Yeah, because they're playing at 12 o'clock. Yeah, you can't start a game at 9 in the morning. No, obviously you can't do that. But this is what I'm saying. Like, this game, it's going to carry on, and then you're like, oh, like— I know I switched the game off because I wanted to go watch whatever game came on. It was next. the Bama Michigan game. Yes. That was a good game. I wanted to watch the Alabama Michigan game. Yeah. Who is going to, you know, turn who's going to keep the Kraken Golden Knights game? It's not a playoff game, it's just a winter classic. Who's going to keep that game on when you can go watch Alabama and Michigan? Yeah, even though even though the like this year's game like was objectively like a really good game if people were watching it was a it would have been like it would have been really good for the league but because of their refusal to like you know shift some things around and just plan accordingly 
you get nobody watching. Like even the Joey Decord, like amazing saves that he had in the last like minute and a half against Eichel and uh, Mark Stone. Like nobody saw those except for the post game highlights because they don't give a they don't give a darn to like shuffle it a little bit sooner or a little bit later. Even then, that was the first day of the PWHL. Yeah. So you're competing the PWHL that was on YouTube, which had fifteen thousand views on the YouTube live stream alone. Wow. That's not counting. That's not counting the local streams yes. with the CBS, TSN, mm-hmm. all of those. Um, you're competing with the PWHL, the New Year's Six Stadium Series. Is there basketball on New Year's Day? Not to. Well, I'm sure there was a couple of games, but they're not like anything like special because they have Christmas and then they're off yes, for a couple of days. Yes, they do have Christmas. But, yeah, like, it's just, yeah, it was not a good thing. I am not a fan of the Blackhawks. That's all I'm going to say about that. Blues, yeah, I I'm think happy for the Blues, whatever. The, it's, there's just so mid, man. Like, I know they're a playoff team right now, but, like, why would you want to, like... The Blackhawks are? No, the Blues. Blues. Oh, we're Blackhawks. No, 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 We no, just no. said the Blackhawks are the worst <laughs> team in the league, but, you know, we're going to give them a winner you class. Have eight basketball games that happened on New Year's Day. NBA games. So all these things, all these things taken to it just It's so cluttered. Like, why not throw it on, like, you know, the like the 31st, like a New Year's. That's even more cluttered. New Year's, well, New Year's Eve, I feel like, well, it's cluttered for, like, the ball drop and stuff. Hey. If you put it, like, at 3 o'clock, you know, like, before everybody starts, you know, engaging in New Year's, New Year's Eve festivities, like, I think that like, that'd probably work. I have a better idea. Thanksgiving Day. Beside football. Okay, and obviously Thanksgiving, unfortunately, doesn't mean that much to our neighbors to the north in Canada. Yeah. Well, that'd be perfect. Good or black, even better, Black Friday. Okay, because most people are off. You can go. You can get that though. Well, the NFL is venturing into like prime stream, and they're they're losing viewership by sending games to Peacock. And you know, I guess they're friends with Gary Bettman. You know, Gary Bettman is going to write a book on how to uh, how to fold an NHL team. Okay, it's gonna be co uh, co-authored by um, what's his name, Roger Goodell, real soon, and it's gonna feature me and Tanner Lambert because if you've been listening to us for the past couple episodes and you listen to Sports Nights, which you totally should, every Wednesday night, six to ten p.m., you were tune in to U ninety two. Were you? Or the other night? I mean, I, I was taking an exam. Yeah. yeah anyway, excuses, Gary, excuses. I wouldn't either, but I'm not a part of the sports staff, so I don't have... <laughs> you can be a part of the sports staff I can. if you want. I can. I know, but I am not at the moment. But, um, yeah, no, I just... I don't know. I think... I am at least in defense of this particular decision. I understand that the Blackhawks have just been, like, gifted all of this stuff on a silver platter despite every single possible thing going wrong for them in the past 15 years going wrong i think that at least like i don't know i don't i think it is definitely an organizational problem and that they don't necessarily deserve to be rewarded for it but sometimes you just got to make the best of what you got if like you look at like mcdavid you look at like you know any of like other uh, really other than McDavid and like Matthews, there hasn't really been like a number one overall pick in the past like you know ten years that has had such like a level of hype. You know, like you take Bedard, he's coming in at the perfect time with like you know the like the NHL and NBA like crossover that they did with Wembyama. Like 
you got you got to like put forth an effort to grow the game somehow. If that's holding a special event like this with the Blackhawks, as undeserving as they might be, you know, you get new fans looking at Bedard, you see all the magic that he's doing on that pitiful franchise right now. Like it's, you know, I think it's good it's going to be good for the game if they don't fumble the bag. I can't guarantee that the NHL is going to do the right thing. I can't guarantee that they're going to, you know, I guess even though Chicago's in central time, so you might be able to get away with uh, like a, you know, noon game for them. So it might puck drop at one maybe, and then that'll probably lead enough time for that. Like you got, you just got to step up like so much, you know, like if, yeah, especially. I can, I can see where you're coming if from. The, like, especially too, like if they're going to hold it on, like on TNT, perfectly fine i like the tnt broadcast more than i do the espn broadcast at least but like you got it like you signed these like multi-year contracts for like the stanley cup playoffs on espn like have espn do their fair share of the lifting and like promote these events like i can't like i i see i've granted i've seen this year has been a little bit better in terms of like seeing people talking about things related to the NHL. And like, I've seen like scrolling through comments on like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, seeing like people saying, man, hockey is awesome. Why have I not been watching this? Mm -hmm. You know, like what, like I want to get into this. You got to take advantage of that somehow and like start doing some better jobs of promoting it. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, you can't keep relaying, like, the, like, the, was it Frozen Frenzy at the start of the year when they had all 32 teams playing on one night? Don't relegate that to ESPN2 during, like, college basketball tipping off. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, like, nobody's going to watch that, you know? You just, they got to do, they got to do a better job. I think that this is their effort in trying to do better. I can't guarantee that they will, but that's, that's my gripe with it. I think it's, hopefully going to be good for the league uh, we'll we'll see this time next year how uh how to reckon so that was long-winded <laughs> i agree with all of it though like yeah you have to build on the momentum of people wanting to get into hockey like um the penguins i don't know if you guys saw on tiktok there was a girl who made a puffer jacket yes out of a crosby jersey mm-hmm. and it blew up on tiktok the penguins brought her to her game they yeah. posted her on their Instagram. Like, that's how you build stuff. Like, and I think they can do a really good job. Like, and this is all sporting leagues across the board mm-hmm. by bringing in more, you know, young girls, young, more women who want to be sports fans yeah. by giving them that space. So, by mm-hmm. featuring the girl's name was Ryan, by featuring Ryan on Instagram and Twitter and being like, oh, look at this vest that she, look at this jacket she made out of a Crosby jersey. That's like, that's, you're giving space and you're telling these girls, hey, you can, you know, be a part of this, you know, franchise and this fan base. You know, we are making space for you. We see you, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a little bit of a surgence of people wanting to, like women wanting to be involved in hockey when, like, all those, like, books were blowing up on tiktok but i think the way that the nhl handled that was very very poor that's a whole conversation for another day because i have a lot of opinions on that yeah but they could have bought into that like without harassing their players yeah which that's what it came down to um but yeah no i agree with that next topic hmm do we want to talk about the panthers stars the be too much or we want to wrap this up soon we're already in at an hour 
I around an hour and ten minutes. I actually. honestly, my brain is kind of fried from that All Star or the uh, Winter Classic rant. I don't have anything to say other than just like. Good job. Keep going to the Panthers and Stars. That's really... Uh, At least you both aren't part of the problem. You're not blank, blank, blank. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no. I think, I mean, Panthers, I I love to hate them. I think is the best way I can describe it. Like, they're, they're fun. They're so good for the game right now. Like, I know that we're trying to get away from the, like, very physical you know, fighting and rough hits and stuff like that. But at least for, like, they're a good bridge for the old fans to connect with the new fans, I feel like, because, like, you got, like, cousins, you got Kachuk, who are, like, going out and, like, not necessarily getting in fights, but just, like, being aggressive. And that's, like, the old style of hockey, like, the, like, 2000s, like, dead puck era. That's what I know a lot of the fans online love. I personally love that. And, like, in talking with some of my friends who I've convinced to start watching hockey this season, they love the physicality of it. I think that, like, what they're doing is great, and I want to see them, you know, make another deep run. Like, last year was spectacular to watch that playoff run. Uh, I think even in losing, they probably still get a, should have given Matthew Kachuk the con Smythe. But, like, you know, I just – I think that uh, this very well could be the year that they put it all together. And they're second in the East right now. The year of the cat? The year it's yeah. Vamos gatos. Vamos gatos. That jer- those jerseys were so sick, um, and then the stars. I mean, where are they at right now? They're top of the central. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I feel like they they've been very quietly. I think one of the better teams in the league. Like you look at like the Jets, the Canucks, the Oilers, the Rangers, kind of getting the love of like the top teams, and they've been like very sneakily. Like they're they're top of the central right now. They're uh, above the they're above the Avalanche uh, on games played. They're both at uh, sixty eight points. Like, I mean, I don't know. They feel like they're sneaky good. They definitely haven't been getting the love that they deserve. But like, you know, they're they're doing really really well for themselves. You got you know Jason Robertson. I think he's having a down year compared to last year, but he's still like very very solid. Uh, Rupe Hints, uh, Matt Duchesne. Tyler Sagan and Mason Marshman on that second line is really, really good. Jamie Benn and Joe Pavelski holding down the third line is amazing. Um, and then defensively, uh, you know, Miro Hiskinen and uh, – actually, that's really all they have on the defensive that at least stands out really, really strongly. Thomas Harley uh, opposite to him, but like Ryan Suter there on the third pairing as well. And then goal in, in net too, Jake Ottinger. Uh, Scott Wedgwood, the other Matt Murray, uh, making an appearance every once in a while. Um, I don't know. I just I think that they they should make a deep run. I can't guarantee that they will, but I if like that would be a pretty fun Stanley Cup matchup in my opinion. I I would pay to I'd pay good money to watch that. Yeah, I mean. I you know I always have my opinions on the Panthers. I think that they could make another. Like you said, make another run. Before we came here, though, I did see something very interesting. We all know that Matthew Kachuk was having, like, kind of out of character beginning of the season. Yeah. So before January 1st, in 36 games, he had five goals, 22 assists, 27 points. After January 1st, in 15 games, he's had 12 goals, 15 assists, 27 points. Yeah. And somebody said in the comments, said, might have been the most predictable bounce back ever. He was creating chances at an insane rate, but was getting unlucky. 
I mean, if you were watching any of these games, you would see it would hit the crossbar, it hit the side, it would go wide, it would be a really, really good save from the goalie. Yeah. So I mean, I saw their goals for uh, expected rate was like through the roof for the first couple of months. And yeah, like, because you have like they're just coming off that Stanley Cup run. Yeah, I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody expected that at all. Like you have people. I, I thought I thought at the start that they could have like had a decent fighting chance, but like I didn't see, I didn't have them taking down the Bruins. I thought they, I thought the Bruins were going all the way. I, I don't was, think the Bruins saw them taking <laughs> down think, the Bruins. No, I mean three. You're up three to one in that series, but like, yeah, I mean, even then, well, Kachuk, like, don't get me wrong, I think that, like, he was a little bit out of left field, the slow start that he had, but I think it was improperly so because like you have. What four months to recover from like every single injury well, in the book? To, wasn't he? It was, he like cracked a sternum, it's like a he cracked was, sternum, he broken was rib, really like, injured. His, I think there was something going on with his legs. I know that the we've talked about it before that the story of Brady having to like pick him up out of bed in the off season because he couldn't get out himself. Like it wasn't the off season. Was it was for the Stanley Cup Finals before he went out for those last few games. Yeah, Brady had to pull him out of bed and tie his skates and put everything. Oh, I can't talk about it. It breaks my heart. Yeah. So I mean, like. <laughs> I'm not surprised that like yeah he's gonna be a little rusty to start the yeah. year and even then it wouldn't even I wouldn't even call it so much of rusty he was still pr- doing fine it was just like a he was still creating chances he was helping his teammates it was just that a he couldn't buy a goal and b um, you know he just like wasn't able to perform at like a superstar level that we've come to expect from him but like. I, I'm not holding that against him. I, I think he's doing doing just fine for himself, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll see on Wednesday, Valentine's Day, when the Panthers come and play the Penguins. Yeah, that I unfortunately can't be at because of all the pledge drive stuff. I want to go to that game so bad, especially after the, how fun the last game was. Fun, I say fun it, a little strongly. But I think Tanger is going to get his bell rung at this game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't surprise what, me. What does what, uh, that look for? Don't be laughing at Tanger. This is a family affair. All right. Yeah. This is a family affair, all right? You're going to make me want to talk more about Jeff Carter the more you say that. Listen, that's fine. Talk about Jeff Carter. We, Go ahead. We, we he he did play Jeff for Carter. the Flyers and the Kings. So. Yeah, I know. I saw. He's a good guy. I saw a lot of things brought up about Jeff Carter. Uh, and who is it? Mike Richards? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I saw a lot of stuff being <laughs> wrong about them. <laughs> a lot of stuff. I actually saw, like, the party photos that were posted yeah. from the Flyers. Like, they're, I guess yeah, they're... Yeah, the fly- Flyers have a couple other guys that like to party hard, just like the Penguins goal song. Huh. You don't know that's the huh. Penguins goal song? No. You should? Don't I'm you... laughing at your little... All right, you got it. Well, you get it. <laughs> I'm deadpan. That's, right that's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I listen pre- next time. I still I'll make sure I actually listen next I time. I still prefer the uh, the wind song. I, I saw that there was a petition there, uh, the a couple of the party on Fifth Ave by Mac Miller. They play that after they win. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the win song. Yeah, I, I saw people I, were saying that that should be their goal song there after uh, Mac Miller died. Like they got a petition and then then they made it the win song. It works better as a win song. I don't yeah. think. Uh, personally, I am a big. Um, Canucks goal song guy and in I fact, do like it is quite it has quite uh ruined my like Spotify statistics because I, I can see like my top songs of the week and stuff dude I got a couple apps for it and um particularly like last weekend the um 
the women's team played the University of Buffalo and the University of Virginia, and they Buffalo had nine skaters and Virginia had seven. Wow. Um, so yeah, I played the goal horn twenty four times in two days. Let's go, and it has ruined my statistics for the week. Well, you know you can like exclude stuff from your Spotify playlist, right? I know. Oh well, <laughs> I'm too lazy. Uh, oh well. And um I I I don't know. I it's well because it's it's technically like a third party app that I use. I'm not I'm not gonna get on here and endorse it because oh, I don't okay, I don't okay, think okay. we're I don't know if that's legal, but uh, it's a third party app that I use to track and it's like you know on repeat this week, 24 times, Vancouver Canucks by Gohorns. <laughs> it's like, it's better than the one that we have like built into the rink. It's like an emergency yeah, siren. Yeah, i heard that one and it sounds a little rough. Yeah. yeah that's, that's my best impression. <laughs> Can I do that into the mic? Yeah, nah. No. It's just going to sound really quiet on air. Yeah. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, go ahead. Go for your WVU. It sounds like something else related to a couple other NHL players we're not going to discuss, but it's relevant to the last week, right? (laughs) Okay, before we wrap this up, anything else before we depart, hopefully for next week? Um... Nope, I can't think of anything. Uh, go Penguins. Mark andre Fleury hit his 1,000th game last month, I want to say, two months ago maybe. Yeah. And the Wild are just celebrating it now, so hopefully he'll get the start tonight yeah. against the Penguins. He should. Um, if he doesn't, we riot. Um, I'm already I'm already pissed enough. I went to that December 17th game, and his last time on, Peng- on Penguins ice, spare something miraculous in the playoffs, um, and he didn't get the start. Uh, John Hines... Come and see me after the game. John Hines, you will develop a cough in three days. Yeah. Uh, better kidding. mask up, buddy. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, I, I, nice, it'd be nice to see him get a win against Pittsburgh tonight for my agendas, though. I would like to see uh, the Penguins, you know, win and keep getting points for the playoffs. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I think they're, what? They are... 53? They're fifth in the Metro, 53 points. I believe they... Coming off that really big win against, really big shutout against the Jets. Yeah, no, that was huge. Uh, I think realistically, our best thing is that the Red Wings stop winning games, and the Islanders also continue to just skid. Uh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, Patrick Waugh hired as the new Islanders coach in the meantime while we were off. Ooh, <laughs> you want to bring that up real quick, like? I don't have anything to say. Uh, I just I like hope- saying his name, Patrick Waugh. I'll Wall. just say this. Patrick good Wall. good hiring for my, um, I guess, my parting words. I believe in you, L.A. I don't care if you have blank, 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 space, 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 or acronym, acronym, acronym. You guys are good. You guys belong in the playoffs. I firmly believe you'll be there, and you still might win the cup and prove all the haters wrong. To the Flames, I believe in you guys to an extent. But I'm a believer in a new arena, not in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to my Pittsburgh Penguins, Kyle Dubas, if you touch Jake Gensel, so help me. I will do a lot of things that I do not feel comfortable saying on this podcast, mostly self-detrimentally. I just I, – I can't. I have – the emotional attachment that I have to the top pairing or the top line is – indescribable 
and I don't care. The only time, the only trade I would accept for it is for uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Get ready to learn Yinzer, bud. Yeah. If <laughs> both of them come to Pittsburgh, both then of them you have my Pittsburgh, blessing. We're getting a cup. But if Jake Gensel leaves for anything less than at least like, what is it, the, the CBA allows like two draft, two first round draft picks and... Like, I want an entire farm system. I want your t- entire top six. I want your entire mi- entire minor league team. If they get anything similar to the Lindholm trade, I will be very upset because um, Gensel is uh, worth more. But that's all. Um, yeah, take us away, Anissa. Okay. Well, this has been, the I think, the seventh, eighth episode of Checked Out. I'm losing track right now. I don't know, probably. After our little hiatus. Um, make sure you tune in to us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And, yeah, that's it. So hopefully see everybody next week, and let's go Pens.